you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Frances Richards. Our guest today Okay, can you hear me? I can now. You know what? I had someone on the other phone. I am so sorry. Um, I hope that all went through. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business? Well, I, Dr. Danielle Peebles, am a licensed chiropractor in St. Louis, Missouri. I have been taking care of patients for 14 years, but I have been in private practice 12 years now. And so as a chiropractor, as an entrepreneur, I am always trying to educate the community what it is that I do. A lot of times people fear things that they don't know and don't understand. And that makes for a huge population, a huge percentage of our population that don't know and understand what it is that we do. And so it is my job to teach them by the definition of doctor in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it is to teach. It is to teach. And so I take, I don't take that lightly. Every time a patient comes into my office, it is an opportunity to teach them. I do not allow them to leave without taking some jewel with them that they can utilize immediately. You know what? I um, Tell us about how you can fix sinuses with chiropractic work. That is one of the top things I'm constantly doing in my office. I like to call myself the body whisperer only because when patients come in, a lot of times we tend to forget what we came to the doctor for. By the time you get to the doctor, you forget all the ailments that were bothering you. And whereas when you get on my table... I am able to go through and assess the spine from head, what well, from the top to the bottom, and I'm able to pull out different conditions that may be on the horizon or may be going on that you are aware of. And one of those conditions is congested sinuses. And one of those areas that really stands out when a patient has congested sinuses is that there will be tension and discomfort in their neck. And so with there being a specific level of the cervical vertebrae that correlates with symptoms affecting the sinuses, that would trigger me once I see that that's an issue that triggers me to go and take care of the sinuses. So not only do I adjust that specific segment in the neck, but then I actually perform a sinus release technique for us tapping, creating vibration and a vacuum to remove the congestion, congestion 
And then that allows the patient to breathe easier. Sometimes patients are not even aware that their sinuses are beginning to become congested because it's not on the radar enough for them to say, hey, I, I can't breathe or I have headache or pressure. With chiropractic, I can actually use proactive care versus reactive and I can see it on the horizon and take care of it ahead of time. Talk about COVID-19, the pandemic and chiropractic care. With regards to COVID in my office, there that's a loaded topic in so many ways. And one of the impacts that COVID has had on my office, one, my practice jumped in and seeing patients, which is awesome. But a lot of that came from the manner in which I handled cleanliness in my office prior to COVID. The patients using word of mouth, they were aware, very well aware of how much I cleaned the office, sanitized surfaces on a regular basis. And so that did not deter a lot of patients as it may have done in other offices. And in fact, I, I changed the flow of patients through the office so that they felt comfortable and didn't feel like they were being overwhelmed with others being there. In addition to making my environment more welcoming for the patients during COVID, I also informed them on certain symptoms that I was able to help them with, especially with the long haulers. And a lot of patients have come to me with their loss of sense of smell, loss of sense of taste, and other body aches or shortness of breath. And, and I was able to help them get either to pre-COVID condition or very close to it in which they were able to be more comfortable and have a better quality of life. So chiropractic care, I definitely encourage that whether you've had COVID or not to get that because your spinal health is really a great baseline of your overall health. And you can improve that overall health by maintaining good spinal health. What is something that we don't know about the chiropractic industry that we should know as consumers? One of the main things that is constantly in the consumer's face is that there is one particular way of treating patients when it comes to chiropractic care. Chiropractors are actually educated in more than one technique when it comes to delivering chiropractic treatments. And I understand that we have our fun TikTok videos and et cetera, that shows us using our hands and then you have microphones nearby and you hear all this loud popping, cracking and the sound effects. But what consumers need to be aware of is that that is not the only way that chiropractors administer treatment to their patients. We have over 200 techniques that allows us to realign the spine and get wonderful results. I myself am specialized in a technique called activator methods. And with activator methods, it uses a protocol and a handheld tool that is very specific 
and gets in there to the joint space, lines it back up. And the results that I get in my office are very, very quick, which is why, which is one of the reasons why my patients love coming to my office because they know that I'll be able to help them figure out what is going on and then get results of getting them back to their healthiness, their healthy baseline again. And so Activated Methods is a technique, Logan Basic. There are so many techniques out there. I really like that you asked that question too. I really do. Thank you. Dr. Danielle, why do you say or talk about healthcare disparities and chiropractic care? Well, in the American healthcare system, the African-American community, as well as other marginalized people, groups of people, we often are faced with inequalities. And some of those inequalities can be combated if we are more informed, if we understand more, as well as know how to advocate for ourselves. So in my office, I use chiropractic as a vehicle to teach my patients about their bodies teach them what their body should, how it should function. And then that way, when they're in a scenario in which perhaps a certain treatment has been suggested to them, and if they are saying, hey, well, that's not how I function or that's not how this works, if they have more information, then they can speak on, I don't know if that's the best care for me, or they can understand that they are other doctors. You don't have to take just the first doctor's opinion. Go out and get a second opinion if you're not comfortable with that and teach them to trust themselves. Teach them to uh, believe and and trust what they're feeling in their bodies. Because too often, the healthcare system is quick to say, oh, that's nothing. Oh, it's in your head. And so many patients come to me and says, well, Dr. P was there trying to make it seem like I'm crazy. And I'm like, you're not. This, this is where it's coming from. This is what it is. You know what's interesting, Dr. Danielle, you talked about um, getting second and third opinions, and I'm going to go kind of deep and very personal here. And what I'm finding as I'm navigating through my husband's what is a really complicated and challenging health diagnosis and I'm not going to put his business out there, but when you talk about getting second and third opinions, I find where I reside, it is very, very difficult because everyone I'm in the, in the health, in, in his particular health plan, they're all in the same group. Oh, And so no one wants to step outside the group or give, you know, you, you need a permission from that doctor. And it is, it is a really convoluted process. And what I've been saying, and I want Congress to hear is I want everyone from the Senate to the Congress, to the White House, I want every one of them first to go on Medicare and Medicaid, and that they need to stay on those systems for a year. At least a year, absolutely. Only use those physicians in that system. Then are you going to recommend Medicare 
Medicaid for all. Now, and I do not disagree with any of that at all. What I want you to consider, and a lot of people aren't aware, there are some doctors that are not in those networks. And you might have to do your homework and see if you can pay out of pocket now before you say, well, we don't have that kind of money. Uh, What I've come to find out is that if you don't ask them, they may have some kind of sliding fee scale. You have to ask the questions and then let them know that you're coming there because you want a second opinion. So you're going to have to be upfront with what you're looking into gaining and asking them what options does your office offer? A lot of times your healthcare decisions are heavily influenced by the people who do not even administer health care, i.e. your insurance. And so people feel bound to that insurance company, not knowing that you do have an out-of-network option. You might have to come out of pocket, but people are so afraid to come out of pocket because they assume it's going to be too expensive and that there won't be any way for them to maybe set up payment plans, but you won't know until you ask. And one of the things that I encourage people to start doing is not be afraid of the word no. So what they tell you no. So what that one person says no. Keep asking. Keep asking and keep pushing. Keep advocating. Advocating for yourself or any topic or of passion has never been easy. If it was that easy, everybody would advocate. But it's not. So you're going to have to stick with it. And I really want to encourage you. Okay, this group, it doesn't seem to be in my best interest, keep them there and then keep looking outside to see if you can get an opinion and if you can work with someone outside there. That is some great advice. Fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because. Hmm. You let me stay at home. So can I explain what I mean by that? This is your interview. You can do whatever. Okay. I, before the pandemic, I was hardly at home. Hardly. And I'm, I also was a professor in the mornings before going to my office in the evenings and taking care of patients. And so I was always go, 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 go. And I did not learn how to sit down until COVID came around and I was teaching from home. And I just had a whole new appreciation for having a seat and taking a moment. Prior to COVID, I had to force it and make and and set a time for me to breathe, meditate, recollect. But now that I get to be at home, I I just, I fall in love with being at home. And that's, that's what I thank COVID for. Giving me a break. 
Love that. Love that story. Dr. Danielle, talk about a story or that aha moment that you knew your business was going to be successful. That aha moment was when I was actually visiting a colleague in Vegas. So she has a practice. She had a practice. She's not in Vegas anymore. But she had a practice in Vegas, and we were both sorority sisters in a co-ed, a professional co-ed fraternity. And so I said, hey, hey, sis, I'm coming on out to Vegas, and I would love to come see you. So she said, come on in. And while I was there, this is when I was first really just introducing myself to people as the body whisperer. I said, yes, yeah, sis, I, I'm, I'm the body whisperer. She was like, the body whisperer? Now, we've come from the same school and everything. I said, yes, I can tell you what's wrong with your body without you telling me. And she said, really? Let me see this. I said, okay. I am just, because at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize how confident and how secure I am in, my, in what I know. So she lays, she tells me, because I don't really know any much anything about her assistant who's working the front desk. And she says, all right, Dr. Peebles, I'm going to ask you to look at my assistant and read her body for me. I said, okay. So I go through and I'm using my protocol. And I said, okay, your, your bowels are a little messed up. You've been going to the bathroom quite frequently and, oh, you've been having headaches. What's going on with this? And they're looking at me like, whoa, how did you know? Yes, she gets up and go to the bathroom every 10 minutes when she's here. How did you know? So I'm still like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't you know? And it started to click for me. I had put all the tools together that were given to me in school. I had put it together and I was getting ready to do something. So then my colleague lays down on the table. She said, okay, I, ooh, this, this is cool. I want you to do me, do me. So she lays on the table and I start assessing her. And I said, you have something going on with your ankle or foot. What's going on? She said, oh my goodness. Just three days ago, I dropped this heavy piece of wood on my ankle. How did you do that? I said, your body told me. Your body told me. And when she brought her patient, so she had to try it. So three is the magic number. So she brings a patient in. She's working with this patient who has, I think she had screws in her neck, had had surgery on her neck, and a lot was going on. And so there was, there was some limitations to how she was adjusting this particular patient. But I was off to the side. And she said, well, Dr. Peebles, can I get a second opinion from you? I said, sure. What's going on? And she said, this patient, she still can't really turn her head very well. And I've been adjusting this. What would you suggest? Is there something you see? What am I missing? So she goes through, I asked her to do a few things and assess it. And then I said, did you check this, this, and this, because if you adjust these three, her neck should move. And she did. She adjusted those three things. And lo and behold, that patient was able to move her neck 
the furthest she has been able to in a long time. Everyone was so happy. And it was at that moment I had chills and I realized I have become that physician, that coachable, the one that can coach you through that now has connected the dots and can really assess and help you diagnose and treat. I was like, oh, and I had chills. I said, oh, I'm getting ready to do this. And I continued that. I had started it in St. Louis, but when I took it to Vegas and saw what I did with her, I knew I was unstoppable at that point. That is a wonderful story. Thanks thanks for sharing. And we wish you were here in Vegas now <laughs> to do some alignments. I would love to. I love putting my hands on people. I I love seeing their face when they're like, what? I don't have to be in pain. I can actually move. I can I can turn my head and not my whole body to look to the left. Yes. Talk about raising capital to start your own. Well, my situation was very unique. When I came out of school, this was shortly when after this was shortly after the banks starting to put a cap on giving out new business loans. And so I didn't have that luxury. I mean, I had a phenomenal business plan that I took to the bank. I I was so proud of this business plan because I had to do it with Capstone. Many people are familiar with Capstone, but I had done my business plan with Capstone. They told me, oh, you'll be able to take this in the bank and be able to get you, secure you a loan, and it'd be great. Well, what they said may have been very true, but that was prior to the crash, the market crash, and prior to banks changing everything and not just handing out small business loans anymore. I walked into several banks and I showed them my business plan. And in my, the reason why my situation was so unique was that during the time that I was going through school, I didn't have to have a job. All, all my mother wanted me to do was focus on school. She said, I'll take care of the rest. And so I, I didn't have what they now required to get a small business loan when I went to get one was three years of income. I was like, three years of income? I don't have that. And so I was, I had the door closed on me, every bank that I went to throughout the St. Louis area. But I knew that it was meant for me to have a practice. So I talked to my family and they put their money together and they got my practice up. It was my mom, her baby brother, and her older sister. And they are the reason my practice is here. They are the reason my practice is here. And at my 10 year anniversary, I was sure to publicly thank them. I gave them a little keepsake. It was a little plaque letting them know that I thank them for everything and I am here because of them. So Dr. Danielle, I want you to have a monologue. I want you to name this person living or not 
And this person has done so much for you. They've inspired you. Name that person and what are you saying to that person? Hmm. My mother. My mother, Miss Nicey. I am very grateful for the opportunities you've afforded me. I am grateful for your vision. Your insight, sometimes it was a little tough taking your insight, but I appreciate it on the back end. And I am very, very, very grateful that you created a space in which I could be confident and fearless without boundaries. And because of that space, that safe space that you've created for me at home, I think I can do anything. I don't take no as a final answer. Because of you, I believe I'm unstoppable. All I have to do is keep working, stay focused, and don't give up. And I thank you for that. In your bio, you quote a statistic that only 2.5% of chiropractor physicians are African-American. Why did you become a chiropractic physician? I actually was on a track to become a neurosurgeon. I had wanted to become a doctor since I was six. And my family and my village, they knew that and they encouraged me and nurtured me along the way. And my focus became on, my focus was becoming on neurosurgery. I was excited. I've always had an excitement for neurology. Only up until just after the summer of my junior year did my shift towards chiropractic occur. And that shift came after an experience that I was able to have that was, once again, unique. I use that word often. With this particular situation, in this particular situation on St. Louis University Med Campus, they had a summer program that was six weeks long and they had second year medical students that would coordinate a six week program for high school students who aspire to be doctors. This one particular summer, they could only find one second year med student. A man by the name of Mr. Brown, who I had met along the way doing different little programs on St. Louis University's main campus. I had met him one time. I I don't even recall meeting him more than once. I don't recall having extensive conversation with him. However, I made quite an impression on him. 
And because of that impression, he was at the SLU Med Campus as they were looking for a second person to help coordinate the summer summer enrichment program. And he told them, give Danielle Peebles a, a chance to do it. Give that opportunity to her. I would later find out that they were not crazy about this idea. They were like, no, she's an undergrad. They're too immature for this particular opportunity. No, no, no. And I was told that he said, yes, give it to her. You will not be disappointed. I didn't even know when I came in for the interview. I was just like, yes, I'm here. I was excited. I I don't even, I, I had no reservations. I was there to give them my best. And in giving them my best and making such an impression on them, the wife of the dean took me to the side and she said, Danielle, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I proudly said, a neurosurgeon. In school, I was always taught to make sure you understand your value system. Identify your value system. And prior to that conversation, my value system was career, then family, in that order. But I was also starting to have a shift in my value system. She wasn't aware of it, but I was starting to shift towards family, then career. And so she asked me, after I told her I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, do you want to have a family? I said, of course I do. She said, okay, are you? And she goes on to make sure I was aware of the time that's expected of a neurosurgeon. And then she asked me, have you thought about being a chiropractor? I said, no, but I know I need one. My back hurts. And she was like, oh, let me introduce you to Dr. Bell, who was an African-American female chiropractor teaching over at Logan University at the time. So I get to meet her. I'm excited. The more research I did, the more excitement I was just, I was starting to pour over just, oh, I was, I was like, what? I could do this and I could do that. And it was just building and building in me. And so surely enough, I went on and I changed my field to chiropractic because that that first question she asked me was the real influencer. Do you want to have a family? And I've seen enough Lifetime movies that made me concerned about having nannies. I saw the hand that rocked the cradle. Didn't leave a very good impression on me. I said, I want my babies to know the mommy, not the nanny. And so that too was one of the influence, influencement, uh, influencement. I made up a word. One of the influences on me becoming a chiropractor. That was a great story. And um, I'm sure Lifetime would appreciate the shout out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just plugging people. (laughs) Listen, Dr. Danielle, this is something. You talked about being six years old, knowing that you wanted to be a doctor. Yes, ma'am. Listen, most of us at 26, 36, 46, 56, don't even know what they should be. How at six years old did you know you wanted to be a doctor? 
I don't even know. I my mom, I used to tell everybody I want to be a doctor and a lawyer. And then as I became older, I was like, that's a lot of school. I'm, I just want to be a doctor. <laughs> and you're like, that's still a lot of school. I was so bent on becoming a doctor that, <laughs> and I have some people who have this. I created business cards that said the future Dr. Peebles and passed them out. <laughs> and pass them out to everyone with my phone number. Hey, I'm the future Dr. Peebles. And my voicemail even said, I'm the future Dr. Danielle Peebles. I'm sorry you have, I cannot talk to you at this time, etc." And even when my, I don't, I'm, I think you would know, I'm not going to make the assumption. In Famous Bar, there used to be a counter called Fashion Fair. And my mother would get sometimes the complimentary lipsticks and one a couple times she had ended up with two of the same color and she said don't get your lipstick mixed up with mine i said fine i won't i put dr peebles on the lipstick i had dr peebles everywhere but i was stuck on i'm going to be a doctor but i will tell you god is funny he, he told me you were going to be a doctor but he also made me very 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 good at teaching and as I've said before, a doctor is a teacher. And I recall that as I'm so bent on becoming a doctor, as I ran this little self, uh, this tutoring center that I created, and as I was working with some kindergartners, one of the mothers said to me, you should be a teacher. And my young, arrogant self I'm still in high school. Young Eric himself was like, oh no, I don't want to be a teacher. I'm going to be a doctor. And she was like, well, you're so good at teaching. I was like, yeah. But that last semester in school, before I had my title doctor, the instructor said, do you know the definition? Not just me, the whole class. Do you know the definition of a doctor? In the dictionary, a doctor is a teacher. I said, ha, he got me good. He still made me a teacher. You are a comedian. I love that. <laughs> I act like this all day in my office. <laughs> I think Ad advice you wish you had followed. Oh, had followed? Uh, mm. Mm. I you stopped me. I can't think of one at this moment. No, I don't take all advice, but huh, if I, 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 is there a pass button? Absolutely, can you can pass. <laughs> I told you this is your interview. You can pass. I'm stumped on that one. Hmm. I'll have to keep thinking about that one. What problem exists in the world today that you'd like to solve? Mm. Okay. The funny side of me wants to say world hunger because pageants popped in my head when you asked that question. Listen, that's one of those pageant <laughs> questions. Right. And I was like, well, hunger. I don't want anybody to be. <laughs> okay, let me get it together. 
um a problem you know one thing i am truly passionate about is really making people aware of getting their bodies aligned i watch people walk i watch people stand i see people in pain for things that can be corrected and they don't even know they just don't know and so they keep working and walking on these joints that are not lined up until they have to get surgery have to get surgery i mean if you had a window in your house that was off track a little bit would you keep lifting that window up and down until it just falls off the last part of that hinge well somebody probably would i don't know why but ideally if that hinge isn't working you're either going to fix the hinge or you're going to leave the window alone and not use it in this case with the body a lot of us will stop using it and then they're wondering why the rest of their body is falling apart every system of our body every system is connected to the next and to the next and you can't function without the other no system in the body is independent. Everything is interdependent within our body. And our joints are just as important. And so if I could fix anything in the world is making sure people understood the necessity of spinal health. Amen. Let's take a snapshot of the last 30 days. What was your biggest win? The last 30 days, a lot happened in the last 30 days. I celebrated a birthday. Oh, and that was fun. If you ever come to St. Louis, there's this restaurant called Uncle Julio's out in Frontenac. And they have this dessert that was just the highlight of my birthday. They have this dessert that is called the Chocolate Pinata. Okay, Uncle Julio's is a Mexican restaurant in, in case people uh, didn't make the connection. And they had a chocolate pinata. They had just brought it back out on the menu. I said, ooh, I'm going to try it. And whenever I go to the restaurants, especially if I plan to have a dessert, I'm the person that comes in and asks for my dessert first. Yes, I eat my dessert before my main course. And so I had them bring out my dessert and they, this tray was as big as the table with this big old ball of chocolate. And they handed me a bat, a wooden bat. I don't know what to expect. I know I'm supposed to hit this ball, but I don't really truly know. I know something's in it. So I swing. The first time I tap it, a little piece of chocolate fall off. I swing again a little bit harder. Chocolate flew everywhere. Unfortunately, my sister was on the other side of the table. She was wearing chocolate. We had strawberries and pineapple fall out the chocolate, plus some chocolate dripping out and some churros. Whew, I filled up on chocolate and churros and <laughs> dessert before my food, but I did that because I can take my food home and warm it up. But in the past 30 days, that was the most memorable moment was just spending that time with my family celebrating my birthday. 
that was the most amazing thing. That sounds like fun. What is the best decision you have made as a leader? The best decision, and it's a decision that is ongoing. The best decision I have made was learning to trust myself and choose myself. And I say that, and it's not easy. It's not easy choosing yourself, especially when it comes to careers. Although lately there is a trend of people starting to choose themselves when it comes to careers. But when it comes to choosing yourself in a career, I am referring to knowing what you want and standing on it, creating your boundaries, deciding what your principles are and standing on them. Don't waver. It'd be easy to waver to waver on it because people are going to flash things that they think will get you off course. But stand on it. Stand on it, even if it's just you. And what do you want? I don't know which direction we're going with that question. What do we want? Well, when you talked about setting boundaries and knowing what you want, what do you want? Well, when it comes to what I want, it really is based on how I see my success. We, as a society, have become attached to what someone else has determined or considered to be success. And everything about my path is unconventional. Everything I've done has been unconventional. And so once I've determined what my success is, and in my case, my success is where I have time and freedoms to be with my family and not only have to be bound to my work, bound to my career. We weren't put on this earth to only work. That's my philosophy. I was not only born to just work, 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 and not enjoy the various pleasures of life, enjoy the pleasures of today and being present. There was a moment in COVID in which I did not get to be as present because the workload more than doubled in my teaching arena as well as at the practice. And while so many people are focused on, oh my, you bringing in all the money, all money isn't good money. All money isn't good money. If it is meaning that you are more stressed, your peace is affected, that's not good money. And so choosing me and wanting to be happy and have a balance, that is something that is I something that I consciously wake up and choose. Every day, every moment, you have a choice. And so you have to choose 
what you want. I choose every day that I choose to be happy. I choose to smile. I choose to be joy. And that's what I want. Talk about mental health and managing. Oh, that that goes hand in hand. Because my patients, they feed off of me. They feed off me. I touch. And there's so much power, so much energy, so much connection between that skin to skin touching or just touching in general. And so when I come to work, I have to make sure my mental is on track. I have to make sure my headspace is together when I come into that office because my energy is being fed upon. And you can't heal someone when you're just as sick. And one of the things I do, and my patients actually have said this so many times, Dr. Peebles, every time I come in here, you're smiling, you're happy. How can you be that happy? My mother used to tell me, when you go to work, you leave your mess outside in the parking lot. And you go in there, you go on in there and you do your work and you come back out and you pick that mess up back outside. You don't take your mess everywhere. And when you leave work, if you have the opportunity, everyone does not have this or do not know how to do this. I leave work at work so that I can be present with whom I'm at with at that moment. And so to make sure my mental health is the best that it can be, I exercise regularly. I am conscious of what I put in my body regularly. I drink water. I pray, I meditate, and then I choose to smile. I choose happiness. I choose that. Now, I do, my auntie, one of my aunt taught me a saying that I use. It is not the best words. And I like to use that to remind me to not hold on to things that doesn't benefit me because we're good on taking we good at taking on other people's problems and so if something is not benefiting me not a, not to be in a selfish manner but somewhat selfish if it is not doing something to move me forward or keep my space stress-free drama free she says f that s so i'm sure you all can feel in that and i say that and it just feels good i'll be like f that I don't encourage everybody to go cussing, but that potpourri of words I just used just seems so such a reliever for me. And then it reminds me, that's not your problem. That is not your problem. Keep going. And I haven't, I don't regret it now. I feel good. I'm like, oh, that's not my problem. And I keep smiling. What have you not done in life that you dream about often that you would like to do? I have this desire to go to New Zealand, New Zealand. And right now I have this passion, this 
this desire to do more traveling with my field. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to do more speaking engagements and just share chiropractic with more audiences on more stages and, and, and just sharing. I, I see myself traveling very soon. And what can we do right now to support your business? Well, by any means necessary, please fly into St. Louis. I would love to take care of you. I do take care of a lot of people in this gaining that are actually traveling to St. Louis to come and receive my care because it's so unique and they are hearing so much about it and the results that I'm getting. Just recently, I had the opportunity to work with Mr. Titus O'Neill, WWE former wrestler. Uh, he's now the WWE global ambassador. I had the wonderful opportunity and he's from Tampa. And so that's one way you can support. Another way is check out my book. I have a book out. It's on Amazon. It's called Sex Sent Me to the Chiropractor. And that's another way you can support. Another means is to, if you know of anyone who would love to have an engaging, entertaining chiropractic presentation so that they can continue to learn how it benefits them, please encourage them to book me. I am available for public speaking engagements. Talk about your book, Sex Led Me to the Chiropractor. Yes, Sex Sent Me to the Chiropractor. So first of all, allow me to tell you how I came to that book. When I was younger, one of the things my classmates knew me for was writing. I was always writing what they call novellas, little short stories. And they will be, I call them short stories, but these short stories had lots of chapters and pages to them. And I will write them and then I will pass them through the classroom and say, here, read it. And people were like, okay, what, what's next? What's next? So they enjoy my writing. I always enjoy writing. And about nine or 10 years ago, a good friend of mine published a book. He had, he had a um, book signing. He came up to me and he said, Danielle, when are you going to write your book? I said, I don't have a book to write, sir. What are you talking about? He said, I wasn't even the writer. You are. You're the writer. Why don't you have a book out? Why are you haven't been writing? Sir, I don't have anything to write about. He said, yes, you do. And after he said that, I was tutoring at an upper bound program. And the English teacher, I just happened to be near. She wasn't even speaking to me. She was talking to someone else. And she stopped mid-conversation and turned to me and said, God said, when are you going to write that book? And I was like, excuse me? What are you talking about? She said, God told me to ask you, when are you going to write the book? What was interesting about her saying that was I was there as the math tutor. She's the English te teacher. Okay. I'm ignoring it. And a year later, she comes around the corner of my new location of my office. I hadn't even been there two weeks. She comes around the corner. Have you read that book yet? Where, where did you come from, lady? How did you find it? And I started realizing I do have a book. 
And at first I thought it was going to be called women's issues. And I started writing and then I stopped writing. I was like, I'm bored. This is boring. I don't even want to read this. So I took a break. And then one day it poured from me the stories and how to connect it. And so Sex Center sent me to the chiropractor started to develop. But when you are marketing, when it's when it comes to marketing, I've come to realize that marketing has been falling in three categories. Drugs, money, and sex. As chiropractors, we do not prescribe. By definition, as chiropractors, we do not prescribe medicine. So I can't come to you from the angle of, med- of drugs. Well, when it comes to money, you think we are expensive. Why would I come to you from that angle? That's not going to get you to read about chiropractic. So then there's sex. Everybody has all these thoughts about sex. And they come up with their own little stories on before they even crack my book open as to how sex could possibly send them to a chiropractor. And besides, people are concerned about their performance and just intrigued in general. So there it is. Sex sent me to the chiropractor. So in the book, you follow eight characters during a weekend chiropractic retreat. Some of the characters are patients of the doctor in the book and then others are just friends of the patients and they're going to different workshops learning about chiropractic but in addition to that you're following the storylines of some some uh, some of the characters are falling in love some are coming out of love some are creating new relationships And you're also learning about the benefits of chiropractic with regard to the sexual reproductive system. This book is packed with information. So in the book, you have people that are dealing with miscarriages, pregnancies, menstrual cycles, sexual sexual dysfunction, as well as erectile dysfunction. All of those things are being addressed in this book and the benefits of chiropractic on the sexual reproductive system. That is brilliant. Dr. Danielle, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. Hmm. Let me What is one what is one miraculous patient case that stands out that that is so memorable for you? And my answer to that is with regard to a patient. She was 50 years old. And she came to me after a lecture I had given. And I happened to just say a one-liner about chiropractic and it's impact on sexual health, especially menstrual cycles. And so she comes up to me after the lecture and she says, Dr. Peebles, I need to come to the chiropractor. I I need to see a chiropractor. I've been menstruating for uh, uh, continuously for the past two years. And I said, okay, I'm half listening because when it comes to lectures at this particular point, 
I didn't want to cross the boundary of professor and a physician at that particular moment. And she said, I, I really need to see a chiropractor. I am menstruating. It's been two years off and on. And she mean nonstop. So every so often the medical community gave her something that they felt would help to stop the menstruating. And it would stop for a week and then it would pick back up and she would be bleeding again for another two, three, four months nonstop. And I'm hearing her. And she was saying, Dr. Peebles, I'm dropping seven big clots a day. I said, okay, I'm hearing her. Once again, I didn't say listening. I'm hearing. And then she got my attention. She showed me a picture. And I looked and I said, what is that? A fetus? She said, no, that's that's the clot. That's what the clots look like. I was like, excuse me. Now she has my attention. She was dropping these clots, seven of them a day. That was the size of a fetus. And she was wearing that overnight sanitary napkin inside of a depend. That's how heavy her float was. And this, by the time she got to me, she had been in this cycle for two months. I said, okay. So the time moves along. She's waiting for the end of this lecture. And finally, she does get to come see me. She's not doing well. She is struggling because she's losing so much blood. She's hemorrhaging. So I said, okay, look, let me, I'll work with you. I started adjusting her. That first night that I adjusted her, her clots stopped. The bleeding decreased. But the clots stopped for a little while because I still needed to balance out the rest of her spine to get everything to start to function the way it's supposed to. So when the clots did return several days later, it was now only golf ball size. And then over time, they continued to shrink more and more. And I balanced her spine, which allowed her whole body to now start to function as it was supposed to. The only thing I couldn't give her was blood. So she ended up still needing her third blood transfusion and iron transfusion. But because I had lined her spine, aligned her spine, when she got that blood transfusion and iron transfusion, she eventually did not have another menstrual cycle. She actually went into menopause and everything started functioning. Not only did that happen, but her skin gained color back. Her hairline grew back. She had edges again. And so that case, and she told me I can share this story with everyone. She said, please tell them. Now, of course, everybody didn't want to get on board with the fact that I had adjusted her and helped her. But I was like, uh, I'm the only variable in the situation out of the whole two years. But I'm not going to argue that point because as long as the patient is aware of what my impact was on as with my adjustments, I am okay with that. That is an amazing story. We've come to our part of our interview. It's called Rapid Round of Fun. And I'm going to give you some questions. And I'd like you to give me very quick answers. Okay. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the Rapid Round of Fun? All right. I'm ready. Your first job? Chiropractor. (laughs) 
your yeah. favorite color? Yellow. Your favorite holiday? Christmas. Your ideal car? An Audi. The last movie you saw? I can't remember. You relax doing what? Playing Phase 10 on my cell phone. Your favorite singer or rapper? Oh, that was that. Whitney. Whitney Houston. Your favorite dance song? Pop, lock, and drop it by Baby Huey. What food you eat every week no matter what? Salmon. Your favorite month? January. Work out or hit the couch? Work out. Dr. Danielle Peoples, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Before I get out of here, you can contact me through my email, drdannyp at yahoo.com. And that's D as in dog, R as in Robert, D as in dog, A-N-N-I-P as in my last name at yahoo.com. You can also check out my website at www.stlprohealth.com. That's STL for St. Louis. And all of my handles, I am Dr. Danny P on Twitter, Dr. Danny P Instagram, as well as on Facebook. Please do reach out. I look forward to hearing from you and or seeing you. Thank you, Dr. Danny P. That is a wrap. Excellent. <laughs>